I watch film, but I'd be honest, I mean, when I first started watching film, I was just watching the game. Hello everybody, welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host at NFL on Twitter and of course follow the group at UK Packers. And uh, you see this where I always say an as usual, but it's changed a lot lately. This is not as usual. This is like when two podcasts come together. This is the mashup between the UK Packers podcast and the Power Sweep, which is the Blue 58 podcast. I'm happy to be joined by at John Meerdink. It's John Meerdink. John, what's going on, buddy? How much? How are you? I'm not too bad. Look, first off, well, first off, let me just preface this by saying Blue 58, fantastic podcast, super knowledgeable stuff, a lot of research done into it. I want to pick your brain about that. Second off, thepowersweep.com, fantastic website, some good stats on there. It's great. But the the thing that I admire the most, John, is the fact that you've got your name as a, as a Twitter handle, at John Meerdink. I mean, how did that happen? That's fantastic. Well, I was a fairly early adopter for Twitter, so they they really took off in 2008. I think I I jumped on in 2010, and I I that was at the time when I was finishing up a media degree in school, and I figured, well, I should start quote unquote building the brand with my name. Right. As much as I hate that phrase, so I just went went, went with the name. And uh, fortunately, there aren't a lot of meerdinks out there on Twitter. Uh, grew up in a tiny little Dutch town, so I knew a lot of Meerdinks, but all of them were much older than me, so they were they were not on Twitter. And I figured I knew that the only other person who could be gunning for that name actually lived in my hometown, and he was a couple years younger than me, also mm-hmm. named John Meerdink. And I thought, you know, I've got to snap up all the good stuff before he gets to it. So I went with John Meerdink, and the rest is history. I would hate to think what would have happened to that guy had he got there first. I mean, are we talking American Psycho style retribution here for for grabbing that handle? I don't know. I am I am Dutch and I am Midwestern, so I probably just would have said something kind of passive aggressive and left it at that. <laughs> yeah, Joe at John Meerding gets added by at John Meerding one with sort of a little sort of bitchy comment about, hey, what's your story? Yeah, it'd be heartbreaking, John, if you looked at his his Twitter and he just wasn't active. You know that 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 really annoy you as well. But come here, look. In all seriousness, um, some people probably know you. Some people listen to this are thinking, "Oh, great, um, uh, John's on, right?" So we don't have to listen to Steve so much, and we can actually listen to some educated Packers talk. But for people that don't know who you are and don't know your site, can you give us? Uh, this is probably a really annoying question, but can you give us a bit of a flavor of what thepowersweep.com offers? What accolades you've got? and what your podcast is, is generally all about. All right. So thepowersweep.com is me and my good friend Gary Zillavy. We started officially last summer, uh, July 2016. Uh, it's the outpouring of, I guess, several years of blogging efforts. You may have remembered my old site, packerperspective.com. I ran that one from 2012 to early 2016. Took a bit of a break rebooted as thepowersweep.com and and since then we've we've just been rolling along for a little bit more than a year or so. Uh Blue 58 is the podcast version of thepowersweep.com trying to kind of take everything that we do at the website and distill it down into about a 30-minute podcast once a week. Uh the podcast is hosted by me. Gary comes along every every so often and we just talk about what's going on in the world of the Packers, kind of try to approach it from a, a somewhat professional analytic sort of way. Um, the idea behind the the whole enterprise is that we, we, we've we got two guys here that kind of have complementary skill sets. I, I am a former radio news anchor and reporter. I actually worked for the official station of the Green Bay Packers for almost three years uh, before we moved out of state. And uh, 
I, I, I've got a media background. I love writing. I love producing stuff like radio and, and podcasts and stuff like that. And I wanted to do that about the Packers. So I started the site and uh, along with Gary, who's really into things like marketing and social media and, uh, and graphic design, things like that. So the real good look and visual posts at thepowersweep.com. That is all Gary. I am a novice when it comes to designing things um, that, that look good on the Internet. But we kind of had these two skill sets that went together. We thought it'd be fun to, to do a site together, and it has been. We've, we've had a lot of fun doing it, and we got actually a little bit of recognition earlier this year. We were named one of the top 100 uh, NFL websites on the Internet today. So that was pretty exciting. But that, that's, the, that's the enterprise in a nutshell. Yeah, which is a pretty big deal because you know, to be one of the top NFL websites. So it's not it's not Packers websites. It's it's an NFL website thing. And, you know, when I scroll down through the list of those websites, it's the absolute top dogs in all of their respective sort of, you know, areas. So, yeah, it, it's great to have. So the website then, because what I see is, is that, you know, something's released about, you know, Devon House, you know, something happens with Devon, say, and then two seconds later, a, a post will come out from the power sweep, uh, with all of that information like what's the process there john to getting content out that fast you know is it just built up knowledge over all this time because i believe yourself and gary are actually from wisconsin um you know is it just are you born with that is it in your bones or what's the process to be able to put an article together that quickly with that amount of information and get it out you know to the public uh i guess a couple different things there so gary and i are both from wisconsin so we we've been packers fans for a long time and one of the things that we try to um, pride ourselves on is just a, just a, a sense of where things are happening within their historical context. So when has stuff like this happened before? Uh, what have the Packers done in, in similar situations before? And that helps us turn around stuff pretty quickly because we can kind of bank on that knowledge and we know where to look to con confirm our numbers and things like that. Um, but a big thing for me, and, and and unfortunately, there's there's not a lot of people who who have this kind of background in in Packers non-professional media. But I went to school for this. Uh, I I did this for a long time as a as a professional reporter, so I have a lot of practice doing things on deadline and getting things out really quickly. Um, one of the things that was most challenging about being a, a radio news reporter is just having to be on the air within seconds of learning about some new information, and you you can get better at that with practice and and doing it for Packers stuff is is just a way to keep those skills sharp. I'm probably not going to work in in professional broadcasting again just, you know, life circumstances and stuff like that. Uh but being able to try to turn those posts around really quickly is is exciting and exhilarating and it's a, it's a way to to stay connected to those sorts of things. So now, part of it is is having that background and part of it is just wanting to we like to try to get things out really fast just because it, it's fun and it's fun to to hit things um as quickly as you can and there's also a, a practical aspect to it so if you're trying to get people to come to your site um you have to be timely with a lot of these things um so we have one of two approaches that we like to do with with a post so uh, if there's breaking news uh we we have a, a rule that says we have to have something up within two hours if it's a story worthy hmm. post. Yeah. Um, so if it's, if it's, if it's something that's going to demand some sort of more in-depth investigation than just the facts. Um, so there, there's some stories that are just like, uh, there are factual occurrence and that's all that you need to know about them. So on Sundays when the, the inactive list comes out, all that anybody needs to know about that is who is active and who isn't. 
Uh, so you can just, you know, put that into a graphic and tweet it out. Mm. But if there's something going on with, you know, it's something that's going to demand a, a personnel move or a corresponding personnel move, or it's something that we didn't see coming and it needs a little bit more in-depth investigation, we try to have something up within two hours that goes a little bit deeper than just the breaking news, just the facts sort of posts. Yeah. So it's either trying to get something out that's just the facts quickly and, and right away or a little bit longer timeline within two hours or so that, that goes a little bit deeper. And so sort of all of us here at UK Packers that do stuff behind the scenes, you know, we, we appreciate the amount of time sometimes that it can take to put some stuff together. So, I mean, what's it like, John? I mean, are you in the middle of a family dinner and, you know, you're telling your wife, your, your wife's listening, you know, she's telling a story about what happened in her day and you're like, hold on, honey. I actually have to go to Marius Randall just tweeted this thing at uh, at Flash Gordon, so I need to head off. I mean, it does it is it sort of does it disrupt your life? Are you enveloped in it in a good way? Is is your wife a Packers fan? Does she understand? I mean, what dynamic are we talking about there? Do you do you end up in the doghouse um, as such, John? An awful lot over this type of stuff. I would say it's six of one, half dozen of the other. We I, I never end up in the doghouse about it because my wife. Um, she understands and she she likes it and she supports it. She is a Packers fan, uh, relatively new to the world of Packers fandom. I, I would say since we we started dating about four years ago, um, that that's really about the life of her Packers fandom. But she's she's always been a sports fan. She was an athlete growing up, um, so she she understands the world of sports, and I think that that's a big asset there. Um, she was also one of the the driving forces behind getting the site started. She saw my previous site, uh, PackerPerspective.com. She was there when you know we were on break for a little while. The site, not me and my wife. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, this is getting really deep. <laughs> no, no. Uh, the wife and I had never been on break. The, the site uh, had to go away for a little while. Uh, but when, when we were thinking about rebooting it, she was like, if you're going to do this, you really should do it you know, all the way. Try to, try to do it you know, uh, high quality and, and make it yeah. look good and, and sound good and stuff like that. So she was a big driving force behind it. Uh, as far as, you know, enveloping your whole life or something like that, I, I think it can, if you let it, and I've worked really hard to, to try not to let it, this isn't my job. This is something that I do for fun. And if it stops being fun, I, I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. So keeping it fun, I think is, is the, the best way to do it. And, not letting yourself get bogged down in what somebody said on Twitter or, or something like that. You, you kind of have to have a threshold in your mind about, you know, what's worth doing a story about and, and what's not. What can you let other people hmm. other let other people cover? Because there are people out there whose job it is to cover every single little tweet that happens about the Packers. And I just I just don't want to be that. Like, who cares? Like, we're all on Twitter anyway. You're going to see it. I don't need a, a 300 word column from from ESPN telling me about you know, what Demarius Randall said to, to Josh Gordon or, or whatever. So mm. the only time I think that I've gotten away from family dinner and it, it is sad in retrospect now that as the season has gone on, the only time that I've gotten away from a family event to do something about the Packers was when the Packers signed Martellus Bennett. Uh, yeah. We blew up, we blew up the whole Friday evening for that. And look, look where that got us. So I will, I will have to think about that long and hard before we go, we go down that rabbit hole again. Yeah, I got so excited about it. I looked at the the Bennett brothers documentaries. I thought maybe I don't hate his brother and him. Maybe maybe they're nice guys. And then I see he does that, and he goes off to the Patriots. And now there's video footage come out about his brother, who they say was trying to roll up on them. Um, you know the the lads, ace try tear ACLs, MCLs, and all the rest. Now I don't know if that's in his head, but you know the whole kneel down thing was happening. So yeah, geez, what a waste of time. 
But look, your pedigree is known now. I mean, you know, you've you've got all the background in journalism. It's absolutely fantastic. The website is brilliant. It's definitely a place to go. So we'll end on this and, and then we'll jump into some, some Packers news. We'll get the show on the road. But your podcasts, they've been fantastic. They've been fantastic all the time, but they've been particularly good lately because you've kind of said yourself, you've gone through this grieving process and you can see it in the names of your podcasts as you go along. One of the more edgy ones uh, that I've seen you do was one called Fire Dom Capers. Now, what I say to people when they ask me, you know, what podcast should I listen to? You know, I say to listen to yours because you never say something and it's, it's never like Fire Dom Capers because, yeah, it's time for a change. You know, he's rubbish. You know, you go through it methodically, but not in a boring fashion. You go through it in a kind of matter of fact kind of way is, look, this is what people are saying. This is what we should do if all of the... And you go through it in a, in a very calm way. Did a part of you, when you hit click to, to send that out into the world, did you panic and worry a little bit with such such an edgy title? Um, and did you worry about how people would receive it? Because we all see them, don't we, John? Like people who say, fire him, that's it, he's done. Um, I've said it on the podcast before that I think it's time for a change. And again, I, I tried to give an educated view to break it down by stats. But you'd have the people that are just like blindly saying, you know, he's Teflon Dom, needs to get rid of. And then you have the other people, the sort of Packer purists, let's say, who don't want to hear anything negative about the Packers in any way. And, you know, they they react pretty strongly to any type of criticism like that. So when I saw that pop up on my on my podcast feed, it instantly tweaked my interest. And I know that you aren't into clickbait and all the rest. And I had to listen. And it was a fantastic podcast in the end. Was that scary for you? Well, I appreciate you saying that because uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad you liked it. You, you don't get a lot of direct feedback on podcasts all the time. So really, thank you for having me on. If only you're going to say nice things about me. So that, that's <laughs> awesome. I was nervous. Um, that is something that we have never done, that I've never done in the history of my writing about the Packers. I don't think I've ever said this guy needs to be fired. First of all, I think it's bad form to talk about, you know, other people's jobs. I, I try not, I, the, the two things that I hate most from sports fans are, this guy needs to be fired because he's a bum and this guy's making too much money. Uh, maybe it's just, again, my Dutch Midwestern roots, but it just seems horribly impolite to talk about other people's jobs and other people's money. Like, <laughs> I try to avoid that. So I, I knew the, the title itself was a little bit clickbaity, but that was that was the point we were trying to get across. What, what I hope to accomplish with that podcast was getting people to, to see just because maybe it's time for Dom Capers to go now doesn't mean that everything is his fault even now, or it doesn't mean that that everything has been his fault in the past. It could just be that, you know, things don't work out sometimes. It, it could be that there are times when the Packers defense has played pretty well or even really well, mm-hmm. and things have just not worked out for the Packers. Uh, one of the examples that I went back to is that 2014 NFC Championship game. Yeah. I still see people who want to blame that on Dom Capers. And I'm always like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, they held the Seahawks to 22 points at home. They put the Packers in a position to win. They, they had four interceptions in that game. The if any If you want to blame anybody, blame the offense. Blame even Aaron Rodgers. He had two interceptions in that game. Hmm. what's Dom Capers supposed to do about that? So when, when you talk about publishing something like that, there was a little bit of apprehension, but I think if you believe in the things that you're saying and you've got evidence to back it up, and we always try to try to have evidence when we make claims like that, uh, I think you can have confidence in it. Yeah. 
Yeah, fantastic podcast. And and again, if anyone's looking to listen to uh, some good Green Bay Packers podcasts, there's a, there's a good few out there. There's some really bad ones too. And I'm not in the in the mode of, of, of trash talking other people and the amount of work that they put in. But there's a few that I've listened to and I just I don't like the setup of them. Um, but yours, John, works really, really well. Uh, it's backed up by stats. It's the perfect length as well. Um, so definitely go and check it out. So that's Blue58 on iTunes. And if you like it, make sure you hit a review on that as well. So, John, let's dig into some Packers news that came out and then maybe go and examine exactly what, you know, was before our eyes with this Browns game. Um, because the Browns game in particular... I was euphoric after it, um, like all of any type of overtime win. The adrenaline was buzzing around my system, and then it hit me that we, you know, we were after beating the Browns. So then I came right back down to earth again, and that was a strange feeling. But look, the narrative that's been out there in the media, and this is what kind of bothers me about journalism as well—that does these kind of buzzwords, you know—and that everyone believes in exactly what they're told. And you know, you talk about Gary, who's into his marketing. There's not a lot of marketing out there in journalism now. Sometimes the sort of, you know, the stuff kind of overlaps. And one of the things that we've heard was is that, you know, we need to win out with these, you know, we need to win the easy games, including this game against the Browns. We need to get to 10 and 6, and then that gives us a good chance. Now, whether that's true or not, who knows? And I and I did a little calculator today. I sat down, and of course, I made the Vikings lose every game, okay? Best case scenario. Um, and then I went through some of the other sort of important NFC games. Obviously, the Packers have to win out, get to 10 and 6, and we could potentially land at the third seed. But all of that said... We've got some really difficult games coming up. We've the Panthers, who absolutely looked on fire this week. Uh, we've got the Vikings, who are incredibly dangerous. And they only lost that game because Stefan Diggs and, and Thielen ended up dropping very catchable balls and leaving definite points um, you know, on the field. And they had to either kick a field goal or got intercepted or whatever. Um, so Case Keenum is still doing a great job. And then we've got the Lions as well, which is which is no mean feat because they're fighting as we are and they're ahead of us in the NFC North. It all comes down to Aaron Rodgers being back. Now, Dave, it came out in the news today, didn't it, John, that we still don't have a word on that yet. Yeah, and uh, I was disappointed but not super surprised uh, when, my, when McCarthy came out in his news conference and said, uh, we've got the scans, we're evaluating them. It was kind of like, uh, I guess, maybe, uh, maybe it should have been more leaning that way. But... Uh, I would be surprised if we don't know within 24 to 36 hours if Rodgers is going to go. Like you said, this is a this is a long shot. Uh, I think people are under the mistaken impression that Rodgers comes back. You know, he's he's practicing with the ones on Wednesday, and mm-hmm. in a way, we go. The Packers are going to win out, and here we are off to the playoffs. But this is a long shot, and I think people have to be prepared for the possibility that the Packers either don't win all of these three games coming up, or even worse go 10 and six and still don't make the playoffs. It's, yeah. it's not impossible. And I think, and I think it's a lot more likely even that they end up at 10 and six and still watching the playoffs from home. Uh, that would be disappointing, but that would, that's, that is a very likely scenario at this point. Yeah. Because it came out today. They were saying that Tuesday is the last time I've seen stuff online that said, you know, they're going to go to different consultants and I see people on Twitter um, you know, Twitter is the, is the best place to go to for all the experts saying, oh, if he's saying that, well, then that means that it's not good. What they've seen isn't good. And I'm kind of like, okay, calm down. Now, whether there's, because there is certain rules in the NFL of when stuff needs to be announced and, and all the rest. Now, whether Mike McCarthy is just playing the, you know, cards close to his chest and he's trying to keep it, um, you know, a little bit open and, and maybe confuse any type of Panther game plan, you know, push it later on into the week so that they can't game plan for him. 
And then the argument there would be, can you actually game plan for Aaron Rodgers anyway? But I, I tend to agree, John. Like, it's not as easy as it, as it sounds. And I've been kind of saying it for the last couple of weeks. And I don't like to put a dampener on it. Um, because I kind of... Not that I like what's happened this season. I don't. I don't like the fact that Aaron Rodgers got injured. And that's not what I'm saying. However, it's the first season for a good while now where I've been watching it. And you don't go in and get annoyed that we're not playing as well as we should. That we're not four touchdowns ahead and thinking, Jesus, we should be smashing this team. You go in thinking... We have just as much or less of a chance as the as the opposing team. Even this game, uh, John, against the Browns. I mean, we looked at the stats and on paper we were losing this game all day. So I don't know about you. I mean, do you get some sort of satisfaction from watching the games in this type of predicament? And does it add that bit of excitement in it for you? Or are you kind of, you know, because you cover it, you know, you, you cover it sort of on the side and it, it makes you, our job more difficult to broadcast about, to write about when you're trying to find positives in stuff or you have to ask yourself am I trying to find a positive in this or can I just you know blow this whole thing up I think it does make it a little bit more challenging when you're having not even just a losing season but it's a season where the Packers are week to week like I talked about that last week on the podcast it's hard because we try to look at sort of like why are the Packers playing this way or, or what composition of the team is leading them to do this? Kind of try to, to look at those bigger questions because we don't like to do the, the weekend, week out preview recap, you know, the bullet point sort of stuff. Um, it, it makes it harder when the Packers are just sort of a week to week team, like every week the season is on the line because that's, it seems like all you can do is the preview and the recap. Like who do the Packers have to beat this week? Well, the, the Browns are the only team on the schedule right now. That's the only game that matters. Well, all you can really do then is talk about the Browns. And then, you know, you have to talk about, okay, they beat the Browns. What happens next? Well, now they got to beat the Panthers. That gets a little bit, a little bit tedious sometimes, but it's also interesting because it forces you away from just looking at Aaron Rodgers. And if it's, Aaron Rodgers under center on a on any given Sunday, the Packers are are supposed to win or at least play well. So it just comes down to okay, how did Aaron Rodgers play and how did Aaron Rodgers win the game for the Packers? This year you have to look at the whole team. How well did the Packers play uh, as a team? Which guys individually made key plays at key points? And I think there's a great example from this past Sunday. Uh, of of a, a play that turned the game because of some small things from a bunch of different guys. The interception Deshaun Kaiser threw an interception or threw in overtime happened for for a couple of reasons. First, Demarius Randall got a great jam on Josh Gordon right at the line of scrimmage, and that yeah. threw off that whole play. Then Clay Matthews uh, gets some great pressure on Kaiser, hits his arm as he throws. Then Josh Jones makes his first interception of his career at the best time it could possibly come. All of those things would would be things that would probably go under the radar if it's just Aaron Rodgers out there rolling up 400 yards and a couple of touchdowns in a win over the Browns. But it's it's fun and interesting, I think, to pay attention to those things um, in a season where everything hasn't been perfect. Because their best form of defense has always been Aaron Rodgers. He's always been the mask that kind of you know, that extra coat of paint that glosses over any type of deficiency where, you know, we could analyze it. Because oftentimes on the podcast, I would say, especially at the start of this season, I was like, yeah, we're doing great, but can we actually talk about some of the bad parts? And Ryan jokingly jumped in and said, no. And we just decided to sort of crack on, you know. And that's, it's nice to see the team laid bare to this degree. And I heard similar comments, you know, in the in the Colts-Buffalo game 
where, you know, they were trying to play in eight inches of snow and it was like playing in sand. And people said that you that really sort of weeds the men from the boys to a degree and you, you kind of see the character of our team during times like this. So when we look at this Packers team, John, who have been through the ringer, you know, with Hundley uh, in a quarterback, there's we've three wins out of seven. So do you think this is character building for the Packers? Do you think it'll stand to us when Aaron Rodgers does come in? Does it give us any sort of edge or has it just exposed to you the glaring deficiencies that are unsurmountable and that you know we need to draft the plug holes there you know we need to bring in some more free agents what does that spell to you i think there is something to that idea of of grit and and building character through that sort of shared adversity because everybody's going through it Uh, and i think actually you saw this team come together in a really interesting way after Martellus Bennett did whatever he did and ended up in New England. I, I, it seems like you saw the Packers really come together after that, and the tenor of the team sort of changed. It, it seemed a lot less negative with Martellus Bennett not around anymore. So I think if Rodgers is coming back, he's coming back into a good situation. It's a team that's gone through some adversity, that's figured out what it can do and what it needs to do to win. And, and they've managed to get a few wins here that are – you know, they're not, you know, they're not taking down the Patriots, but, you know, they've, they've scrapped and and played tough and played hard. And I think no matter what happens with the final standings for this season, the guys that are out there are going to be able to hold their, hold their heads high and say, you know, we did our best. We, we put it out there. We gave it what we had. Um, But I, I think there also needs to be that aspect of, okay, why were things so bad with Rogers on the sideline? Um, did the coaching staff do a bad job with Brett Hundley? Was Brett Hundley just not what anybody thought at all? Um, what does that say about the evaluation of the Packers? Are, do they need to be thinking about how they're drafting differently? And, and the free agent question, I think, is always going to be there. Do the Packers need to bring in some more of these uh, high-priced free agents? Um, I've, I've been interested to watch this past year the the play of some of these high-end free agent quarterbacks, cornerbacks that have gone to a, to a couple teams that are, that are playing pretty well now. Uh, Stefan Gilmore ended up in New England, and he's had sort of an up-and-down season And at the, at the start of the season. I think he actually got benched for a while. But A.J. Bouye, who ended up in Jacksonville, has played lights out this year, and he's a big reason that the back end of that defense is, is, is pretty strong, along with you know that uh, Jalen Ramsey, that high draft pick from a couple of years back. But it would have made a pretty big difference this year if the Packers had a difference maker like that in the secondary. I don't know if it would have healed everything, but it it sure couldn't have hurt at all. And I think that needs to be something that the that the Packers think about. You have to think about your philosophy, and your philosophy should always be under evaluation. Are we getting the results we should be uh, with this squad? And I, I think there are a lot of questions that come up from this season. Yeah, I mean, just going through the grades on Pro Football Focus, uh, which, again, I'm a big fan of, which, I don't know, maybe arcs the listenership to a degree because I might seem like a fanboy, but I just, I, I like what they do, and I follow the company from, well, not the very start, but very early on, I got to know uh, Neil Hornsby through certain sort of, you know, engagements and stuff, and I like the work that he's doing. And to look at some of the, the grades on that, it's frustrating to show what our defense was, because if he sort of if he delve more deeply, I suppose into the into the Browns experiment that we uh, partook in there. Um, so if you look at that, our defense 
looked like we we just couldn't stop him. I mean, if you look at his quarterback rating, he almost doubled it on Sunday. Um, whereas when it was against other teams, you know, he was he was rocking around the forty, and we I think we ended up, uh, he ended up with a quarterback rating up in the seventies or eighties. So you know, we weren't doing well there. Although the reports are out that Kenny Clark and Mike Daniels were playing lights out as usual, it all does come down to that cornerback position. Demarius Randall, who's improved, you know, is still ranked seventy eighth in the league. And we saw Devon House really struggle. Now, whether that was down to a sort of previous injury, came back too soon, and now we see him, um, you know, with that back injury, which apparently they're giving him two weeks to come back, but who knows. I mean, you know, we draft Kevin King, uh, who's, you know, a big, tall, uh, rangy guy. He ends up 110th on the rankings. What what are we doing wrong there, cornerback? You know, because I always thought that if we got the pressure up front, John, that, you know, we'd reap the benefits with interceptions in the secondary, but that doesn't seem to be happening here. Um, is it just injury? Can we just blame injury and all of this stuff? I think uh, injury is a big issue because the Packers have not had consistent depth at cornerback pretty much since Charles Woodson left. Yeah. And that's been four or five years now. I forget exactly which season he left. But uh, I think you, you raise a good point there with the pressure. I am not a big fan of the Packers' pressure or their, their front seven at all. Uh, from a pass rush perspective. I think Mm -hmm. uh, Kenny Clark and Mike Daniels are phenomenal, and they're probably the two best players in that front seven right now by a a considerable margin. But the Packers have not done a lot to really shore up their pass rush. And it's something that I've never really understood. Um, I think the the TJ Watt issue is going to be something that comes back to haunt the Packers for for years. Mm -hmm. I think... They made a very defensible move there to to trade back and to get two players instead of one. But it's something that people are always going to bring up because of the issues with the pass rush. Now, if they had done a couple different things, um, signing Julius Peppers or re-signing Julius Peppers would have been a good start. Um, maybe we're not talking about how, how weak their pass rush is, but the Packers need to get more guys who are capable of, of rushing the passer. And that seems like it's been a, a problem for a couple seasons now. Just they need more explosive pass rushers they need guys who can do it consistently and they need guys that that are going to be different makers up difference makers up front yeah and, and you know what it, it's looking at stuff like that and, and it's looking at julius peppers leaving and i don't know whether his resurgence in form is down to first off i don't think he's actually human let's just put that out there second off is that is it just because he's back with the with the panthers and he's getting that kind of he's revitalized to a degree um, now I know you have to be a physical specimen to be able to put up those numbers you know and I just think I'd love to look deeper into the into stats like that and to see you know was their schedule easier was he coming up against backups um, you know and sort of certain variables like that so looking at this Browns game as a whole then John I mean is this sort of an epitome of what the Packers season has been like in the sense that we've made bad teams look good we eke out the win in the end but ultimately if we make that goal that we all want is to get to the playoffs, is that do we have to be careful what we wish for? Because once we make the playoffs, does a team that does this against the Browns stand any chance against the NFL's elite? Well, no, I don't think so. Um, But I think you have to keep in mind that the Packers uh, have been playing without their linchpin for most of the season here. I mean, Aaron Rodgers makes everybody, I think on both sides of the ball better because when he's out there putting up, you know, 30 points, Um, for your offense, that changes how your defense is able to play. They're able to focus on exclusively stopping the pass and and rushing the passer or really extending out some of those drives 
like Dom Capers likes to do. He likes to make teams beat him with 10, 12, 11, or 10, 11, 12, 13 play drives. Got to remember how to count here. Um, <laughs> he likes to, to make them take a long time to score their points. And I think when you have a quarterback who's already scoring a lot of points, that's a, that's a pretty, pretty good strategy. Um, with, with beating the Browns the way that they did, you have, do you have brothers and sisters or, your, or younger siblings at all? Yeah, so younger sister, older brother. I have a I have a younger brother, and we would play one on one basketball out in the driveway sometime. And this this game against the Browns reminds me of playing my younger brother, who's three years younger than me, in basketball one on one. Because if you win, you get no credit. You were supposed to beat him anyway. <laughs> You're supposed to take care of business. But if you lose. It's a real big deal because he can always, you know, be squawking about, hey, remember that time I beat you in basketball one on one. You lose either way. And that's what this game was was like to me. The the Packers lose either way. If they if they lose to the Browns, they're the laughing stock of the whole league. If they beat the Browns, even on a spectacular, exciting comeback, it's like, all right, well, it's the Browns. What do you expect? You're you're mm-hmm. supposed to beat them. So I, I don't know how much this says about where the Packers are going to be in the playoffs. I know that I'm not super excited about how the offense played for most of the game. And frankly, Kaiser did some real good things against this defense. And if they don't get things figured out in the secondary, uh, they're going to be in trouble if they do end up in the playoffs. So now let's get to the fun part, right? And I want to ask your opinion because I have my own. Is that two things, really? Uh, one... Any opinion on Gordon putting sunglasses on on the sideline? I mean, because we put out a meme before where we kind of took the mickey out of the Browns and we did the knock, knock, joke, knock, knock, who's there, own, own, who, own, 12. And people go, like, oh, you're after jinxing it. And it's kind of like, that's not how the world works. You know, you can't just jinx something. If you did, you you know, I'd jinx everything that I didn't want to happen. So sunglasses on the sideline, opinion on that one. And second off, uh, what did you think of Devontae Adams literally getting the walk-off touchdown as in he ran down the the tunnel left <laughs> how fantastic was that well that was unbelievably awesome and uh one of my friends did a great gif of forrest gump and they just photoshopped <laughs> Devonte adams jersey onto forrest gump when he runs out of the stadium that was perfect uh what a way to end a game i mean, just head straight for the showers in the best possible way because i just scored the game winning touchdown that's awesome uh, as far as Gordon stuff, I love the the creative celebrations and stuff like that. I mean, look, the Packers are jumping into the into the into the stands after every touchdown, and if if you don't have a problem with that, I I don't have a big problem with guys wearing sunglasses on the sideline. I think if there's anything that the NFL does does poorly, it's driving the personality out of its players. And any time that you can get a guy expressing a little bit of personality in whatever form that is, I, I think it's phenomenal. So I, I I liked Gordon's celebration. I didn't see a lot of problem with it. It wasn't Randy Moss mooning the crowd. So, yeah. you know, I, I don't have a big problem with it. I just think wearing the sunglasses, I just think that was the point. Like if, if jinxing existed, I think the minute he put the sunglasses on and looked ridiculous, I think that was the moment that you know, if there's a higher power lockdown, I went, nah, you're going to lose the game. It's just kind of, well, nah, nah, I don't like it. Don't like it. Gonna you lose do the game. want to avoid the self-own if possible. So I think, you know, you are tempting fate a little bit there when you, when you call attention to yourself. I, I my, my all-time favorite one is, is Richard Sherman crowing on the sideline in the Super Bowl after the 2014 <laughs> season and then looking over just as the interception happens. Yeah. Oh boy, don't celebrate too early. No. 
and that picture is always burned into my head. You know, if anything bad happens, you know, I'm on a roller coaster, I feel like I'm going to die. Just think of Richard Sherman's face when the, they get intercepted in the Super Bowl. Works yeah. every time. Yeah. Every time. But um, look, what's the power sweep stance? What's John Meerding's stance on how the rest of this season is going to pan out? You've looked at the stats, you've analyzed them, you have a deeper knowledge than, you know, most people, John. You know, do you, do you see if Aaron Rodgers comes back, is it likely that we get to 10 and 6? Or do you like to make predictions? Uh, I am not a big predictions person, but I do not think it's super likely that we're going to be looking at a playoff team this season uh, just because they need so much help uh, out outside of their control. So are the Packers going to go 10 and 6? I would say I'm more than 50% confident that they that they can go 10 and 6. I, I don't know if I can say that I will or that they will because there's a lot of things that, that can change. Um, is Rodgers even going to come back this week? We don't know that for sure yet. Um, but I think if they if they go 10 and 6, um, I, I still think it's most likely that they're not going to end up in the playoffs just because even if you look at the, the most simple way forward for them, and I think this is – their their easiest way forward is for the Panthers to lose to the Packers on Sunday and then lose one of their two remaining games to either the Buccaneers or the Falcons. Mm. Now, I watched the Panthers in part take uh, take apart the Vikings on Sunday, and they didn't look to me like a team that was going to lose to the Buccaneers or the Falcons. I, yeah. I would be pretty skeptical of the of the Panthers going worse than two and one, uh, assuming that the Packers get the win. And beyond that, things get even more complicated. And and I don't even know all the the permutations or or weird things that have to happen for the Packers to get into the playoffs um, if the Panthers aren't the one to let them in the door. But it it just gets weird. And uh, I'm not I'm not super optimistic, even with Aaron Rodgers out there. And let's not forget that Aaron Rodgers hasn't played in two months. Mm-hmm. Uh, he hasn't thrown a football full speed against. Uh, an NFL caliber defense in two months either. If he comes back and is not great right away, it's not a super big surprise because he's, he's still just a human being. He's a, he might be a demigod, but there's still at least a, you know, some human being in there. So it, it, this, this might not be an immediate fix for the Packers. Yeah. I think that was the most shocking thing about the broken collarbone was the fact that I realized he had bones and he was human. I think that was yeah. the most upsetting part. I think even the doctors, the doctors have apparently taken time to look at the x-rays because even they don't believe it. They're like, this just doesn't make sense. This isn't him. Um, but look, I, I'm sort of on two minds as well. I think we've I've had the adrenaline pumping around the system the same as all every fan out there in the fact that we've kind of been in playoff mode since he went down. We're like, right, let's just keep trying to chalk off as many wins as we can and get there. If we lose, we're gone. So yeah, it's, it's a Panthers team, as you said, that's looking like it's actually hitting form. And uh, the stuff that they did against the Vikings was incredible. The pressure that their defense got on Case Keenum, you know, ended the day with six sacks. He'd only been sacked nine times, you know, in all of the games previous to that. So that frightens me with someone who's coming back who has had a bone injury. Um, and then, of course, we know the Vikings are going to be physical. The Lions are going to be up for it too. So we'll analyze that on later podcasts. And hopefully, John, we'll be able to get you on soon on the podcast. So for anybody who's enjoyed John being on the pod, uh, there's the Blue 58 podcast, there's the powersweep.com and at the powersweep. And of course, if you want to follow John personally, it's at John Meerdink. So like ourselves, follow at UK Packers, hit the Facebook group. You have a closed group in there. Uh, we had our Browns meetup and 
people are telling us after what's happened. So we had a meet up in Manchester, and uh, Aaron Rodgers went down. That was the Vikings game. Uh, then the Dublin first Dublin meet up, John, that we had was for the Ravens game. Uh, big donut on that one. And then we'd said, well, we'd pick the Browns. There couldn't be an easier game, and we had to bring it to overtime. But look, the jinx, the hex is gone. We've managed to get a win when we had a meet up, so we'll crack on. Um, so look follow the facebook group instagram at uk packers visit the site ukpackers.co.uk but from myself and from john Meerdink, i'm sure he'll give his own salutation it's goodbye for this week yeah goodbye i'd, I'd really appreciate you guys having me on uh, i had a blast uh, this is my first multinational media appearance uh, i feel like a big time corporation now <laughs> it, it feels feels pretty good right out john we'll talk to you soon all right oh actually before we go before we go uh, John, you have some kick-ass tees and hoodies going on on the, on the website. Where can people go to get your hoodies? Because it's it, what is it? The, it's the Power Sweep logo, right? Yes, uh, Gary has put together a couple t-shirts and hoodies and things like that uh, that people who want to support us and, and look good while they do it. Um, they are the best way you can find it is by going to our site, thepowersweep.com, and at the on the homepage there is a link that says shop. You click on that, it'll take you to teespring.com. That is our store. And there's a, a wide selection there, men's and women's T-shirts, hoodies, things like that. I uh, got three or four designs up there right now. And uh, we actually just released a, a new one uh, commemorating all the, the Packers Super Bowl titles just a couple weeks ago. And that's that's one of my favorites. So if you'd like to support us uh, via a T-shirt or something like that, even a coffee mug, uh, you can do that. Uh, and uh, just check it out again at thepowersweep.com and click on the shop link. Easy way to do it. It goes without saying, John, there's international shipping on those items? There is. Uh, I actually just recently heard from a listener in Switzerland who says that he uh, he got his hands on a shirt and he said that I was right when I described them as very comfortable. So uh, they are not just good-looking T-shirts, very comfortable as well. Cool. And I see, what did they retail at? $23? Is that right? Uh, let's see. The t-shirts go for 23 bucks a piece. I actually have the thing up right now. T-shirts are $23 a piece. The sweatshirts are $39 a piece and long sleeve t-shirts, 26 bucks a piece. That is American. And yeah. uh, if you if you prefer a coffee mug or even a sticker, uh, coffee mugs are 15 and uh, stickers are six bucks a piece. Great stuff, John. Sorry to pull you back into the studio. So look at from myself at CDDNFL on Twitter. Follow at the Power Sweep. It's a goodbye till next week. Promise you.